He's always been overshadowed everywhere he goes as not being the best player. He's been insanely good, but nothing he does is overly flashy. Welcome back everybody to part two of the Slabstocks Dean Corners mailbag, where let's get right into the questions. At Slabstocks, which can be both Nate and I, um, what? who is your favorite hitter in the MLB? Who? Oh, easy <laughs> choice, easy choice. Ryan Braun. Knew it. I was waiting for that. Mm. What, what are you putting together right now? What's that? Uh, trying. <laughs> trying. I don't think I'll ever find the platinum, but trying to put together the 2020 Top Series 1 Ryan Braun uh, set. Um, I can get a black out of 69 and an Independence Day out of 76 fairly, and a vintage out of 99 fairly quickly for like a combined $40 if I wanted to buy them right now. Um, after that, I just have to find uh, a Father's Day Blue, which there was one for like $14. Um, I basically have the big ones left. But then Platinum. Platinum is going to be the pain in the butt to find. Uh, if anybody sees it out there, let me know. So say if you see the platinum, hit up Nate at Slabstocks Nate or myself uh, at Slabstocks at Slabstocks Aaron, however you want to contact me. But for myself, a uh, favorite hitter would have to be Christian Yelich. I like Nate. I've built many sets of Christian Yelich uh, for Topps Heritage for Bowman Chrome different colors and variations. It's very fun to collect your favorite hitter out there. So if you are watching baseball this, uh, I guess I going to say summer, but most of played in the fall, I guess, this year. Yep. Uh, maybe go and pick up some of your cards for your favorite hitter and build some collections because they are great to look back on and to always remember maybe this weird baseball season with 60 games for yeah. sure. And the fun thing is, you know, 2020 Top Series 1 is uh, 14 years into Ryan Braun's career. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet it's still fun to chase those cards. Nobody else really cares about them. I might be one of like five people that cares, you know, and, uh, but it's a, it's a fun chase. doesn't matter what year, if it's your favorite player, it's your favorite player. Next question. Do you think the NBA season will overshadow the restart of the MLB, which is kind of funny because MLB starts a week before the NBA starts? Nope. Um, that is a tough question. There's uh, when does the NBA playoffs end? October, middle of October, I think. See, that's that's where we could run into some issues. Obviously, NBA a significantly more popular sport worldwide than baseball, um, and so you run into that thing where NBA playoffs are really, really popular. And the end of the baseball season is September 27th, I believe, something like that. End of the playoffs. End of the regular oh. season. Uh, and then you have playoffs starting in October, and if you have NBA playoffs in October, that is where you're going to run into issues where the NBA is probably overshadowing uh, the uh, MLB. Especially think of these top matchups in basketball as those are you know going down: LeBron versus Giannis, LeBron versus Kawhi. That's right when baseball players are heating up. Yep. And that could really hurt in terms of viewership for baseball. And also a major thing to think of is that there is no you know, cross country. There's not going to be any Yankees Dodgers this year. There's no uh, Giants and Astros or, well, actually there's probably Giants and Astros, <laughs> but uh, there's no Giants and Phillies or I don't know, picked, the Giants aren't good, but you get my point is that there's no cross country match or games being played. There's no Brewers playing the Mets, you know, there's no Twins playing the Rays. Um, it's all interdivision. So, you know, most of the Midwest is going to be watching just Midwestern games. Unless you're in Iowa, then you're blacked out of almost every market, and you're not going to be watching baseball this year. Uh, and then you've got just the West Coast watching West Coast games, and that's unfortunate because those people don't, 
you know, people in, in California, meh, baseball fans. Uh, sorry if you're from California. I just said that. I know there's a lot of good ones, but you watch the Dodgers games and it's everyone kind of like dressed up and looking fancy. <laughs> just different atmosphere. I have a lot of thoughts on it. Uh, de- definitely different than the Midwest. That is for sure. Um, but there's going to be huge problems with not being able to capture a ton of, uh, nationwide attention for any specific game until the playoffs for baseball. I just feel like that there's so much focus on this NBA restart because of how they are already into the season and close to the playoffs. Just everyone spotlights on basketball and any other maybe free time or if there's even not a game on for basketball, which there should be a game on almost all the time because of the tight schedule. People will watch baseball, but Personally, I just feel like that baseball will get overshadowed by the NBA this year, especially because of how the seasons are colliding in the playoffs. And especially the storylines. You've yep. got LeBron, 35-year-old LeBron, leading his team to a championship, potentially. You've got Giannis, 25, coming off of an MVP season, going to win another MVP, presumably, hopefully leading his team to a championship. You've got Zion and Ja, you know, competing for the last spot in the NBA playoffs there in the West, and the the Sam was just telling me this yesterday. The Pelicans have the 22nd easiest schedule out of 22 teams, yep. and the Grizzlies have like the seventh hardest, yep. something like that. And the Portland Trailblazers have like the third hardest. Yeah, it's one of the hardest. So they really are gearing up for Zion to make the playoffs. Um, and so you've got various storylines that are much more exciting than how many home runs will Mike Trout hit in 60 games. You know. Or how will Garrett Cole do in his first season in the Yankees? Baseball just doesn't capture people's attention or imagination like uh, the NBA does. Also feels like that you have to be a baseball diehard to really be into the season at this moment, especially if people have really lost interest because like summertime is when people are going to the ballpark during the day, you know, seeing the games on TV, going to tailgate as that starts to build in the fall and kids are going back to school. It just doesn't really seem the same. Well, kids, okay. we'll see if kids go back to yeah. school. You know but, what I mean, though. Uh, yeah, there's you no, know, there's something to be said there where a lot of Brewers fans really like going to Brewers games because they can enjoy a few adult beverages, <laughs> have a few sausages, uh, eat some chips and some peanuts and some seeds and stuff, and enjoy the atmosphere around the game more so than enjoying the game. Uh, and if you're not having that. Uh, there, I don't know a lot of people that sit down and watch every baseball game. I love to sit down and watch every baseball game I can. Not many people do. For myself, I like to catch all the Brewers games I can. But if there's a random baseball tonight game on, chances are I'm not watching it. Love it. Love so it. Nate's obviously one of them diehard fans that will sit there and will grind out the baseball season and see everything that goes on in the card market, much like a lot of you baseball fans are watching it right now. And that's why you watch Dinging Corners because you guys are like, Nate loves baseball. But all those other people that follow slab stocks are not going to be as in tune, I feel. Do you think the shortened season will help hitters or pitchers more in terms of values for baseball cards? Um, we covered this a little bit earlier, I think. I think I brought it up. Could be wrong. Terrible memory. Terrible memory. Short-term memory is not what it used to be. Uh, but pitchers always, at the start of every season, unless you're Christian Yelich last year and hit four home runs in your first four games, pitchers always perform really 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 well and hitters always take a little bit to get started and this is going to be no different this year it's especially going to be this way because uh, hitters aren't going to be facing other teams pitchers in real games they've got inner squad games but you just don't get geared up for that 
uh, facing your teammates like you would be able to face Garrett Cole and the Yankees if you have the Red Sox in spring training, right? And so uh, I think that's especially going to be the case this year. So I wouldn't be shocked if you see young pitchers like Jack Flaherty or Aaron Nola or um, you know any of your favorite young pitchers that are in baseball uh, really uh, popping off in their you know seven eight starts or whatever they get this year and uh, uh, going from there. So um, I do think pitchers are going to have a huge, huge, huge advantage on hitters, which is unfortunate probably for a lot of you because if there's anything I've learned in my two years of doing slab stock stuff is that people do not like investing in pitchers. They hate it more than they hate... uh, Buying centers in basketball. Buying centers in basketball, or I was going to come up with a (laughs) non-sports card-related one, but I didn't have anything off the top of my head. But they hate it. And so uh, that's going to be unfortunate because that's where the hugest advantage is going to lie. Next question is, what do you think of the following players? Bo Bichette, Kavan Biggio, Joe Adele, Luis Arias, Nick Senzel, and Luis Robert. Hold or sell going into this season? Or buy. Or buy. Or buy. Um, Obviously a very odd collection of guys. You've got a shortstop in there. You've got a guy in Nick Senzel that plays multiple positions, is always injured, and is also in the NL, whereas the rest of the guys are in the AL. You've got a couple center fielders that should be up this year, and Joe Adele and Luis Robert. Or Robert. I always say Robert, but it is Robert. I was saying uh, somebody else's name wrong earlier. Uh, oh, Kellenic. I was saying, I always say Kellenic. But, or, uh, <laughs> who knows? There's one way to pronounce it, and I always pronounce it wrong. Anyways, um, I think Kevin Vigio was playing a little bit above his head last year. I also think maybe Bo Bichette was playing. Bo Bichette's really good, don't get me wrong, but I think he might have been playing a little bit above his head this year. If I was going to. I would probably sell Kevin Biggio. I'd hold Bo Bichette. I'm not a huge believer in him. So uh, hold Bo Bichette, sell Kevin Biggio. Luis Arias, I really, really like. I think his hit tool is really going to play well this year um, in the NL Central, AL Central. Uh, so buy Luis Arias. Nick Senzel, can't stay healthy. Just got injured again the other day in practice. Really? Um, at this point... With everything that's happened to Nick Senzel, I love the bat. I love the defensive profile. But because you can't stay healthy, if he's going to be injured every 15 games or so, that's just not a viable uh, investment option. So it depends on what you're comfortable with. I don't think I'd go into buying it, but uh, maybe hold. I don't know if I'd sell either. I'd probably just hold and see what happens there. Um, He's too good to sell, but he's also too injured to pronounce him to be a buy. Uh, after that, we got Joe Adele and Luis uh, Robert. Um, I like both those guys. I am excited for both of them to come up. Uh, if you can get some of their rookies cheap, Joe Adele obviously doesn't have any rookies yet, but if you can get some Luis uh, Robert rookies, uh, they're like $18 a pop. You know, maybe buy one or two and see what happens. Uh, pretty fun time. Next question, are guys like Alex Bregman, Anthony Rendon, Matt Chapman, and Nolan Arenado, why are they being overlooked in the marketplace? Well, there's reasons for all of them, so we'll get into them. Uh, The first guy was who? Uh, Alex Bregman. So Alex Bregman, uh, number one, has a ton of good teammates. That is always a little bit of an issue. Uh, George Springer is a star. Jose Altuve is a star. Uh, Alex Bregman is obviously the best player out of all these guys, but when you've got a bunch of other stars around you, it 
drives your price down a little bit in my experience. What else drives the price down? And you know what else drives the price down? Lou, Janu, or whatever, <laughs> aka what? Card flipper? Uh, card flipping, aka card talk pod. Yeah. Uh, Lou, this is for you. Um, Alex Bregman is a cheater. He has cheated uh, in the playoffs. He cheated in the regular season. And people just don't like that. So there's a reason for him being overlooked is really the cheating that went on two years ago. Uh, next in line is Nolan Arenado. Obviously, Nolan Arenado has been one of the best players in the MLB for a long time. But he plays in Colorado. People really discredit Colorado's uh, stats. And until he gets out of there, there's just no changing that. You look at guys like Trevor Story, Charlie Blackman, uh Troy Tulowitzki, the list goes on. Anybody that plays in Colorado will always be overlooked, no matter who you are. And if you don't get out of there, you're just toast. Uh, next in line is Matt Chapman. Matt Chapman is unarguably really, 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 really good. And right now, he actually might be the best player on that list uh, from like a pure baseball standpoint. Um, he is... I don't know if he's young. He, I don't know if he's younger than Bregman, um, but he's really young. He's got a ton of power. His defense is insane, insane, insanely good. But he plays on the A's. He plays on the A's. People just are not excited about the A's. It doesn't matter what you do. The A's, the Rockies. Uh, a lot of that has to do with West Coast. West Coast teams just do not get play in the Midwest and the East because people are already in bed by the time their games are on or being finished. Um, so I just don't think that you're going to get that much excitement out there. And then Anthony Rendon, obviously he played uh, second fiddle to Bryce Harper all those years, and then he played second fiddle to Juan Soto. He was the better player last year, but Juan Soto was 20, and people loved bringing it up, and people were very excited about Juan Soto being 20. So he had to play second fiddle to Juan Soto again, and now Anthony Rendon has to play second fiddle to Mike Trout again. I predicted him as my MVP for the AL in the uh, in my baseball preview, just as like a fun pick, um, but he's always been overshadowed everywhere he goes as not being the best player. He's been insanely good, but nothing he does is overly flashy. Good averages, good power, good walk rates, but nothing like overly exciting about it. He's not hitting 50 home runs. You know, he's not stealing 30-some bags. Uh, he's not an insane, insane glove like Matt Chapman. So there's nothing that's super, super exciting about him. He's just steady in all areas. So there's a reason all four of those guys are undervalued. Um, I do think if anybody's going to break through, I guess it would be Matt Chapman. Why do you guys think Glaber, Gliber, Torres' prices are so cheap? Nate says it one way, most people say the other. <laughs> Gliber? Yeah. I always do say Gliber. Uh, so Gliber Torres obviously has one major thing going for him, and that is he is the shortstop of the New York Yankees. Uh, age two. Age two. He's 23, I believe. Um... <laughs> Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure he's 23. Uh, the problem with Gleyber Torres is that he just had his breakout year, and his breakout year was like an 857 OPS. Uh, 857 OPS is really good, but that was with 37 home runs. Um, that's a little scary if he doesn't hit that many home runs, and he's in a small ballpark. Uh, you know, there's just not enough bat there. If he can't break into the 900s, um, there's just not enough excitement. He's super young. He's the shortstop of the Yankees. But an 857 OPS as your breakout is just not what people were expecting, especially in a small park like that. 
um, you really need him to break out again and get into that 900 OPS range for people to be incredibly excited about him. I mean, Fernando Tatis in his first year in the majors last year, it shortened obviously because of injuries, had a 900-plus OPS, uh, and Gleyber Torres, multiple years older, is not hitting those numbers. So Think about the ballpark, too. And think about the Padres' ballpark compared to the Yankees. So there is legit concern that Gleyber Torres is a really, really nice player that gets boosted because he's on the Yankees but just isn't actually that great. I know people don't like that. And also, keep in mind, he gets to feast off of the Orioles pitching. I think he had like 14 home runs out of his 37 against the Orioles last year. Uh, that will help anybody. Um, obviously, everyone else in the AL East has the same advantage that he does uh, playing the Orioles pitching, but a guy like Fernando Tatis does not get that advantage. So um, there's just more exciting shortstops, I think, long-term in Fernando Tatis and guys like Francisco Lindor that, even though they play on the Indians, uh, just insanely, insanely good compared to Gleyber.